I tried a bit here and there to do some paid advertising and some different things, but nothing worked as well as influencers on Instagram because they were already on the platform, already using photos and loving their photos. So it just seemed to work really well. And especially when I really found our target market, which was mums on Instagram. Hello and welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I chat to switched on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google ads and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Showpost, Homeworker Law and Snuggle Honey Kids. And I also have my own course teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha-loving Real Housewives apologist alongside my love of all things pop culture. And yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. On today's episode, I'm talking to Yuki from Pocket Prints, which is a Melbourne-based Instagram printing business. Yuki started her business from home while managing a full-time job, and she managed to successfully scale it using influencer outreach. She doesn't have a marketing background, but she tapped into how beneficial influencers are for small businesses who need low-cost marketing strategies that actually work. On the episode today, Yuki shares her two influencer strategies, one that's paid and one that's a gifted, non-paid strategy. She uses both to regularly build her business on Instagram. We chat about some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to influencer outreach, what to actually look for in an influencer, how to measure your return on investment, which is really important, and whether she has had any success using third-party influencer platforms. Let's get stuck in. Hi, Yuki. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so excited to have you here to share how you employed an influencer outreach strategy to grow your business, which is Pocket Prince app. Thank you for joining me. Yes. It's a pleasure, Katie. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Now, before we dive into your tips, can you give me a bit of an overview on your business? So, what do you do? Give an overview to the listeners on Pocket Prints and how you actually got started. Okay. So, basically, the business that I have is a photo printing business. My husband and I launched the business about four years ago, and it was basically printing photos from Instagram because we're both sort of photo-taking, sort of printing-type people, and we were printing photos all the time of our kids when we had them, also taking hundreds of photos and also helping friends print their photos. So we just decided one day we thought, well, this would work better in an app, you know, and I guess that's how it started. My husband has always been in photo printing. So it wasn't a massive leap in terms of printing and dispatching on the production side, but it was the tech side that was probably the big leap. We had to build an app and that took a lot of, you know, the learning curve there was was intense. So yeah, we built it twice because the first time we thought we knew what we were doing, but once we built it first, we went, oh, (laughs) wow, that could work so much better now that we know more about our customers and the way they want to order photos. So we've built it again and now we've just finished our website, which has taken a few years. So we've bootstrapped the whole business, the whole build. So Wow. Yeah, the tech side has been the biggest part of the business. And I think that's what people often underestimate is that when you have an idea, actually putting that into practice and having the tech side is the bit that like the creative side can be the easy part actually thinking of the concept and coming up with the ideas 
the tech side, the implementation side can be really where you come up with those roadblocks. And so just from a logistical standpoint, or just from a, your app connects like your social media channels, and then you can print directly yeah. your photos rather than having to go to Officeworks and put them on a USB and download them. You just sort of remove that aspect and you can print. Yeah. yeah. And so when you first getting this idea together, because it's also based on tech developments in and habits of the population that we're now on yeah. social media rather than using cameras. So how do you then get that out to market and say, this is a new product that we've come up with? How do you then get people to know about it? Well, because we didn't really have much of an idea how we were going to market it, we just used Instagram because we were already on Instagram and we knew that people, and particularly our target market, was using Instagram and printing photos from the Instagram accounts. So in terms of our business plan, it was only to use Instagram to do the marketing. I didn't actually know how else you market a small business when you launch, when you can't afford advertising or you know, massive promotional things. So we used Instagram and continue to use Instagram. And is that Instagram. organic Instagram or is that reaching out with influencers Both. or how do you do that? So we use Instagram. We post obviously regularly. So that will be our brand. We use influencers and we also do a bit of paid advertising on Instagram. So we use those three strategies. They all three yield different results. The influence has been probably our best. In terms of downloads, we need our app to be downloaded. So our page links to our app and we need influencers to talk about our products. And was that something that you immediately when you first got started was I'm guessing that at the beginning it's kind of like a slow burn and that people are starting to find out about it. When you started reaching out to influencers, was that at the very beginning or was it a couple of months in and did you notice that that was something that then changed kind of the trajectory of the growth of your business? From the very start because I just didn't know how else I was going to market this business other than I knew a few people who were already on Instagram with big following. So in terms of my background, I had a background in working with performers and actors from an agency. So I knew performers already as influencers. They just had big followings on Instagram and they were getting products sent to them all the time if you would promote them on your Instagram. So I knew a few of these girls. So I had reached out to them and said, would you mind doing this? And they did. And almost immediately, followers and orders, you know, directly from their post, you know. And I just went, wow, this really works. And this was four years ago, so four or five years ago. So it wasn't as well used. So I just continued Mm. with that. I tried a bit here and there to do some paid advertising and some different things, but nothing worked as well as influencers on Instagram because they were already on the platform, already using photos and loving their photos. So it just seemed to work really well. And especially when I really found our target market, which was mums on Instagram. And I guess you're in a unique situation because people on Instagram are your customers as well because they're the ones who are taking photos. So it's a unique situation, whereas, and also the influencers who are taking lots of photos as well. So they're probably searching for a solution like you're providing. So it was kind of, you were able to tap into that as well. And that's right. Like I know that you are pretty well versed in the influencer marketing now four or five years down the track, 
But did you make any mistakes when you first get it started getting into it? Because I know a lot of people that I speak to in that have online businesses, they're kind of nervous to try influencer marketing yeah. because I think maybe they yeah. get saturated or like, is there anything you did initially that you think I would not do that again? Definitely would be going for influencers just because they have a massive following is probably not a great strategy. I remember one influencer we hired and there was nothing wrong with her following or what she was doing, but she was a fitness influencer. And there was a lot of shots that I realized on reflection, people are probably just looking at the feed rather than my target market following her in a way that I found that the target market there was not aligned to who I was looking for. So I probably avoid, for my business, I would avoid hot girls in bikinis, <laughs> basically. So I think it's more about... <laughs> you just got a no yeah. hot girls in bikinis policy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's the policy I have with my husband as well. Yeah, all right. <laughs> So I think that was initially just going, look how many followers she has. Amazing. It didn't work out. So I guess that was a really quick way to understand that, that that was not going to work and it has never really worked. And so on that, like who do you choose who to work with? Like are there certain benchmarks you look for in terms of follower size or engagement? Do you have like a checklist of things you look for? Like how do you choose the people you want to partner with? So I have two separate strategies, I guess, with Instagram influencers. One is a paid outreach to influencers, and that would involve sending them an email or finding out who their manager is and sending them an email and working out something with them, which will be a paid strategy. And I also have a non-paid gifted strategy because there's a lot of people in our target market who are happy to be gifted product. So I don't really have strong rules around that other than that's what I use for the content to repost on my Instagram. So we will always gift influencers who generally take great photos. When you look at their feed, I go, okay, they're fine. They look great. So we know we'll get some content that we can repost. So we always offer them free stuff. And do you reach out to them before you send yeah. them free stuff or do you just send them oh, stuff? Absolutely. Because I also understand not everyone wants to do it for free. So I'll usually send them a DM and say, hey, you know, if this is a completely gifted option. If you'd be interested, we'd happily give you some free products if you let us repost your photos. And that sort of ticks along slowly in the background and consistently. And then when you have influencers who are managed or have massive followings, that's a bit different. I usually do that via email um, and work out a contract or a fee um, and they'll give me a schedule when they can post. So that's different budget. That comes from a different budget altogether. And there's different, like with your non-paid, the gifted strategy, you're more trying to reach, I guess, those kind of micro-level influencers that still have a really strong following and probably more engagement, but just a lesser reach. And then when you've got the bigger type followers, that's when you're doing contracts. And so I guess my understanding would be that 
when you're doing more informal, the non-paid gifting strategy, you don't necessarily need to be as formal with the agreement or with the posting schedule or the content. It's more if something comes from this, that's a benefit. Yeah. And quite often it's the content we can repost, which is what we'll hope to get out of that. And with the bigger followings, with someone that you're reaching out Mm. to that's a paid one, do you have a set price that you offer? Like, is that from the manager? Like, how does that all work? Yeah, generally I will get a gauge from them what their prices are. And quite often if I'm sent a rate card, if it's within my, you know, I have a monthly budget that I'm able to use. And if it falls into that and I think it's reasonable because I also appreciate that that's a rate card that they would send to big advertisers and big brands and those big brands can afford to pay that for their social media strategy, whereas often we can't. So I'm really happy to try and negotiate something. So they'll send me a quote or their rate card and I might reply with any chance that's negotiable. You know, this is my monthly budget. Could we work something out? And that might be a bit of toing and froing. But generally how I sort of run that, I just can't pay the same as the big brands. And some of the influencers we've been working with for years, we might book them once or twice a year. So they may know what to expect from me. And the rates vary so much though, Katie. So what, because I have no idea about influencer marketing. So when you say a rate card, are you talking if they've got, say, what's the highest rate card that you've been sent that you're like, holy moly, I cannot afford, like, how much can someone charge for a post for a Well, I guess it depends because some of the influencers have massive international audience. And especially if they're in a sort of, I guess, the hot babe area, (laughs) hot babes in Your no-go zone. Yeah, some of incredible young girls are charging 10000 per post. Mm, wow. I need to get into the influencer game. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there are some, there's a few in Australia who are even more than that. Wow. So because my target audience is mainly parents or new parents, it's rare to go that high and I'm looking for, young parents who have a big Australian audience, not necessarily an international because my business is only available in Australia. And it varies so much. It's incredible how much it varies. So I know we've spoken about how you sort of choose the parameters which you choose. You sort of look for their following, but how do you actually discover these new influencers or the micro influencers? Is that you are literally hunting through Instagram, finding people that might be suitable to reach out? I have used the platforms, you know, there are a few online platforms, which aren't so bad, but it's just as much work. Doesn't really cut out any work for you? No. So I use some hashtags. I'll look up some of the hashtags like Mummy Blogger Australia, and I'll find some people there and I'll just sometimes send them a quick DM or if they have the email in their bio, you know that they're available to do collaborations or posting. So I'll send them a quick email. So it is actually a lot of groundwork and I have found that some of those online platforms don't reduce any of that groundwork. So I continue with this way. So with a platform, you're paying someone to do that. Like what would be the benefit of using Mm -hmm. a platform? They have contacts that they can reach out to? Yeah, they'll have them all on the dashboard. So you just put in your fields like Australia, female, 
parenting lifestyle and they'll show you from their pool all of the influencers who are registered on their site and then you can send them a direct message from the site or look at their profile and book them from there. So it's not unlike being on Instagram and finding Mm. them and their content and sending them a quick DM and they can say yes or no either way. So there hasn't been a great benefit for me. I guess the benefit would be is that they actually register that they're interested because they've registered to be on that platform, is that right? They're sort of indicating that they're looking to be actively collaborating with other businesses so but you could potentially just find that out anyway through dming Mm. them if someone's just thinking of getting started with working with influencers what would you recommend going down the the gifted strategy initially when you don't have as much budget to spend and do you think that you can effectively grow that way Yeah, I think you have to just be really upfront from the start and go, you know, in your DM or email, say, I'm just starting, would you be interested in doing the hashtag gifted or free post? I'll send you this, no strings attached. And if you love the product, we'd love you to share it and we'd be happy to share your content too. So, and many of them are keen to have their content shared as well. So I'm pretty upfront with that, that it's an unpaid collaboration. Many say yes, and just some say no, we don't all. And that's fine. Ballpark percentage, what would you think would say yes to a gifted strategy in your experience? And I guess this would be like, you'd have to be targeting the right people and be doing your research that way. Mm. But if you're on point with your targeting, your outreach, what would you say would be the yes, no rate? 99%. Wow. So that is something you can really use to, and this is obviously off the back of having a really strong product and something that people really want, but there is a lot of groundwork that you can do without having to actually invest in contract paid style influencer marketing. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I cannot believe that. Yeah. Really amazing. And we're talking about micro influencers here. Yeah. You know, not necessarily. Yeah. So you know, if they've got 1,000 or 2,000, 3,000 followers and they're engaging in conversations, I think that's wonderful. A no-brainer. You know, yeah, for us it's a no-brainer, especially if they're in the, the parenting space. It's f- fabulous. It's so rare that someone says no or anything like that. And out of those that do say yes, what – percentage of those then post because you say in your message like no strings attached if you like it post it if not like what sort of I guess kickback do you get in terms of posting from that I just actually don't know when I've ever chased up somebody I've chased up influencers that I've paid Mm. (laughs) yeah rarely want to (laughs) (laughs) you know I really have had to chase up those but in this gifting strategy I rarely chase them up because it's not worth, I guess, the time because, you know, they've agreed to do it for free and they may get the product and go, "Mm, you know, maybe I I don't love it. So, yeah, we've really chased up anyone. But you definitely think that and you can see that there's a big sort of uptake in, in that offer. And back to when you are looking at like a paid type strategy or a paid agreement, mm. in that discussion, you said it's a bit of a more of formal arrangement and you kind of go down yeah. the email or the management path. Do you specify, yeah. like, do you get any specification over how many posts they do, whether it's a story format or whether it's a feed yeah, format? Yeah. And that's all negotiated beforehand. Yeah, that's right. So often 
I want both feed and story and the feed, stay on the feed forever type thing. I think I've been sent yes. estimates where you know, they'll only put it on the feed for 24 hours and 48 hours, which, you know, there's no benefit to us. So I generally will say, oh, look, maybe that's not right for us. Maybe we're not in the same target market. So it has to be on the feed and, you know, story for us. And often I'll offer the influencers an opportunity to run a giveaway on their Instagram feed to their customers, especially if their followers have responded really well. So do you want to do a giveaway on your feed and we'll, you know, we'll do whatever you want to give for your followers or if you want a discount code to give your followers in a story, you know, I think we'll, we generally try and do a combination of things like that just to continue sort of get a longer tail out of the post and the collaboration so we'll do that as well. And that generally is received well. And you mentioned that you have a couple of influencers that you work in a long-term engagement, maybe a couple of times a year. Mm. Are there any that have just gone downhill and you think, I'm never working with that person again? Yeah. <laughs> and, also, <laughs> and also there are some that then you realise they are no longer working with small businesses too, you know. I kind and of moved that's up. Fair. Yeah, I think, and I always go good on them. If I had that kind of, you know, really authentic influence, I'd probably consider going for just big jobs at some point too. So Just teeth whitening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think also in this target market, I just don't think in Australia that there is a lot of really influences that have the same reach as hot babes. You know, the hot babes, teeth, yeah. whitening, bikinis, you know, sh- diet shakes, the kind of reach they have in it influences is massive. And there are some who have also just said no <laughs> or they can't fit it into their schedule. That is That blows my mind. So schedule like as in they're just jam-packed, <laughs> like yeah. jam-packed with posting. Yeah. Okay. I need to get an influencer on the podcast because I'd love to chat to someone who's actually on the other end of this yeah. that, on how the method of like scheduling content so I'll have to do that yeah and I guess for them it is the business too yeah exactly anyway I need to dive deeper (laughs) on that one yeah okay so with any type of marketing the most important thing is that you get that return on investment so how do you measure that so I work with Google ads where it's really direct link between you see an ad or you click on an ad you get a sale and you can track Mm. that back with your Mm. influencer style marketing you have to kind of use directional numbers as in like website traffic and orders and follower yeah. growth. But do you have like recommendations on how you actually tie your influencer marketing back to your overall growth or do you have any insight on that? With the paid influencers, we can obviously automatically see the results immediately and that will be a combination if we are promoting our app we'll get a massive spike in downloads, same with sales. And if we offer promo codes or discounts, we'll see how many times the codes Mm. have been used. We'll also see the amount of impressions we've got or the influence will also see the amount of impressions they've received from their post. And there are some that will send them to me and show me how many impressions and engagement they received. We'll also, as you know, you see on Instagram, you'll see the kind of engagement you've received from that. So there are a few ways. I guess 
you do see the sales. I mean, there are some influencers that can, mm. I know this sounds really crass, but make money fall out of the sky, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And have you had that happen to you? Yeah. And you don't need to really see your return on investment. You can see that influence. You can see the spike. You know that they have influence and their followers are really interested in what they're doing. But I guess what I would recommend would be that at least you need to be benchmarking it against something. So if you're working with a number of different micro influencers, that becomes a little bit tricky to pinpoint who's it's coming from because it could be one of the few that you're working with. But as long as you're tracking Mm -hmm. to see that that investment is moving your business in terms Mm. of sales and followers, but most importantly, those sales, that needs to be done to justify it. Mm. So with the micro-influencers, we don't do a lot of tracking because it is a bit of a, it is about getting that user-generated content. It's about asking influencers to do it for free. And it's really quick to do on DM. So I generally don't track that. And also that you're not actually laying down money as well. Yes. So it's yeah. a, you don't necessarily need to track the return on investment. Yeah. It's just more of a yeah. growth. Yes, that's right, you know, and that just sort of is a constantly ticking away in the background. But with the paid influences, yeah, I have my benchmarks that, you know, I have that budget for the month and I need to see the result from that. And that's probably something that I keep to myself (laughs) because I also see, am I going to get that from Google Ads? Am I going to get that ROI from Google Ads or (laughs) other kind of marketing, as you know? But also we market, also like to get the eyeballs on our Instagram feed because I also remarket to anyone who's engaged with paid advertising. So it's all great because then I can, sort of have more data to play with. Yeah. So, you know, I remarket to people who've engaged on our Instagram feed through Facebook. So it's all good, I think, in terms mm. of marketing, but it is a lot of processes, but it seems to be what has worked the best for our type of business. I'll have to get you on another time to talk about because then all that further into, well, app retention and how to get once you get someone to download your app and how do you get them to then stay on the app and but that's for another conversation I wanted to also ask about from the opposite side of things when influencers start to see your brand popping up around the place do you then get approached to do collaborations with influencers so instead of being the one that's reaching out you're getting approached yourself yeah and that's fine and you work with those ones too yeah absolutely you know I think it goes both ways it doesn't some of my products are fairly low cost so the outlay isn't a lot for our business so I'm happy if somebody sends an email I always go sure why not you know it's working both ways so I don't have a problem with that our product isn't you know I'm not spending a hundred dollars not always <laughs> to run that. So I think if I'm using this free platform called Instagram, you know, it's free to connect with people and for people to find you. So I'm okay with that too. I don't have strong feelings about that. So you've given some really great insight on 
These are the sort of things you should look for and these are the two strategies you can use. What advice would you give to someone that's just getting started if they're looking to dip their toe into contacting influencers? Would it be to like build a list of people you think that you really have to know who your target market is and then find influence in that space? Yeah, I think so. And it's not a sort of a book one influencer and that's it. Yeah. Even in my paid strategy, some of them don't yield the same results. So I just have to keep this going consistently. And it's just testing. It's all testing. Yeah. And I think especially if you're going to run a free sort of a gifted strategy, you have to be really appreciative. I don't do this anymore and I wish I did if I had the time. I used to take a photo of the post that they did and then handwrite a thank you card and post it to them because I'm always appreciative of their time and that they have created a following on Instagram. I don't do it anymore because it was time-consuming. My husband used to look at me and go, I just just can't believe you do that. But it's how I started the business and it's how I've launch the business and continue to grow the business this way and and really appreciative of anyone that's helped in that way. You know, they still have to order the product, take time to take a photo of it and post it. And it's not a short-term game. So I think maybe if you're just getting started to, if you have one bad experience with an influencer, don't get too bogged down with that. Is that it, that just might not have been the right engagement or the right influencer for you, but it's definitely possible to achieve growth. Yeah, I think there's no science to it. I think Mm. if you're just looking, make sure you're looking for influencers who have followers in your target market, I think you can make the mistake of going for somebody who has a lot of followers, but you've really got to look at who their followers are. And do you ask for any statistics before engaging with them? Like, do you look at Social Blade or any of those tools that you can evaluate their engagement Mm. or you don't? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do. For us, I'm mainly looking for their followers to be mostly Australian at this point. And, of course, I look at Social Blade. But, you know, Katie, there's just – you can just go crazy, you know, looking – Yeah. I can imagine. You know, as you know, with Google Ads, you could just send yourself crazy tweaking this, tweaking that, tweaking here, tweaking here, getting more here, making sure that they're this and, you know, how many this and who's used you before. Of course, you want to make sure you've got the basics right. But I think if you are going to use this as your main strategy, you just have to go all in and make sure you have your separate strategies. A gifting strategy won't work the same as a paid influencer strategy. And there'll be different people you'll be approaching. Yes. 100%. Yeah. 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 And on some level, you really have to, with the the paid strategy, make sure you, I just make sure that they're not overly promotional, I guess, as well. Like spammy. Yeah. And do you do all this yourself? Because this to me just sounds like a full-time job in terms of influencer outreach. Why wouldn't you then get someone to manage this on your team? <laughs> I'm asking because this sounds yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I used, to, I used to just sit on my phone all the time. I'd be in oh bed God. in the morning looking up hashtags, just going, ooh, ooh, screenshot, screenshot. And I will admit I now have this amazing girl that does it for me and it is a breath of fresh air to not be sitting on Instagram so much and it's quite recent and she is doing an awesome job and I met her on Instagram and you know she's doing some the social media work 
for us and has recently taken on the influencer strategy as well because I just wanted to make sure she got the tone right. Yeah, I was going to say that because I'm going through that now where it's like you get to a certain point where you need to start bringing in some help in terms of, but because it's your brand and you're actually the one who's connecting with people, you need to make sure that that's done in a way that represents your brand as a whole. So would you recommend doing it yourself at the start? Yeah. Yeah. And so it sounds like what I'm getting from you is that you need to be authentic and kind and just reach out to people in a really just no strings attached way if you're doing the gifting strategy because it's a bonus if they really do anything in it but it can really work yeah and you know some people might not post but you know are you going to spend half an hour trying to chase them up and talk to them when they may have just received the product and gone maybe it's not for me or I don't have time. That's fine too. But yeah, so Maggie, who is now doing our influence outreach is amazing. So she got (laughs) the target. (laughs) I say that because, you know, she has taken on all of that work that I used to do. And I used to, I used to think it was quite crazy that I had to do so much manual scrolling you know but I I have come to accept that that's actually the way it works you can't hack building no shortcuts yeah there's you can't hack building a community of people who want to work with you and post and repost and you can't hack that you can't shortcut that you have to be quite genuine and and talk about your small business in that way. So in answer to the question, I'm not doing that. For a very long time you did. Yeah, and I used to think it was crazy and people would think, how can you do that? And I'm like, I don't, surely there's an easier way. Surely you can just pay someone hundreds of dollars and I do know. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I don't know, I guess there's definitely a market for that too. But um, for my business this way works and it's working yeah. really well. Well, before we wrap up, I've got some rapid fire questions that I want to know mm-hmm. from you. So mm-hmm. first of all, what's it like working with your husband every day? Well, it's fine because he doesn't work here in my okay. office. So he's in production. <laughs> so in a sense, we don't really work next to each other, okay. but it's in another sense, we can talk about work really quickly without the politics of working. <laughs> Yes. Okay. What is your favorite way to unwind? Because run your own business can be really consuming. So how do you, Mm. like for me, it's reality TV, but how do you (laughs) unwind and kind of forget about everything? (laughs) I exercise every day. I have to. Yeah. So that might be going for a walk or ride or I've just started Pilates yoga. So that's my non-negotiable. Okay. If you'd known what you know now, would you have started your business five years ago? No. (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> don't do that. That's not very inspirational. I don't know, I, I Katie. I know. It's a long road. Like you get to someone, yeah. you look back and you think, wow, look how far I've come, but I don't know whether I could do yeah. it again. Yeah. Like I don't have any regrets as such, but if I went back in time, not ideal when you have small kids and trying to juggle and really understand that whilst I thought I was running or starting a big commerce business, yeah. and I'm dealing with logistics and, and it's a tech-based business, so I talk to my developers every day. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> so on the back of that, what's the best thing about having your own business? The learning curve has been great and the people I've met in particular, I have an office with really lovely bunch of women who have also started businesses and that's probably been real, really great. My husband and I dream together, plan together, do a lot together in terms of the business and it's really, for us, it's been really great and, and harmony is high in our marriage and at home. So I think that's the best things about our business. And the worst, I know you mentioned that the tech stuff, it can be really overwhelming. Would you say that that sort of really steep learning curve on the developing side is probably the hardest or what do you think is the most challenging yeah. aspect of it? Yeah, look, it is. It really, I mean, there's a few things, but the tech stuff, I had no idea. You know, I just thought you just built it once and that was done. It's a constant building, tweaking, maintenance, finding better ways to do it. But it's great. But it is really different to what I had thought five years ago when I was so excited and enthusiastic. Let's build an app so people can order photos really easily, quickly, really good quality, better than going to Kmart. And we'll post it to them and you'll do it because you're really good at that. And it'll be awesome. I'll make the <laughs> money and I'll be really fulfilled and I can pick the kids up from and school every day. stay at home all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing further from the truth. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to tell people where they can connect with you and find out more about Pocket Prints. There's our Instagram, which is Pocket Prints app, and our website, which is pocketprints.com.au, and our app, which is Pocket Prints app, which you can get from the iTunes store. So every part of our digital stuff is linked to one thing or another. So if you go to our Instagram account, you'll easily link to either our website or our iPhone app. And are you on Android or just iPhone? Just iPhone and that's another story. Yuki! <laughs> okay. That's another massive story, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> we won't start. We won't end there. Well, that's thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a delight and I really appreciate you sharing all about your influencer experience like it's something that a lot of people I think want to get into but yeah. actually hearing from someone that's managed to make it a success is really inspiring for other people yeah. so thank you I think for small business you just have to just start somewhere and that's just to start the dm is really vital I think thanks Yuki Welcome. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Yuki today she shared some great strategies on influencer outreach and I'd love to hear if you've had any success with it yourself Thank you so much for listening to this app. I have a Facebook group called Smart Online Marketing, and I'd really love you to join that if you're not already a member. I'm also on Instagram, katiegriffin underscore, and make sure you do leave a rating and review and subscribe so you get notified when the next episode goes live. I will chat to you then. Bye.